the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Andrea Kay. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Even CNN is worried about Kamala Harris. <laughs> this is the Andrea Kay show with Brian Maloney filling in. Again, tonight, Andrea Kay back tomorrow. She'll be broadcasting live from Atlanta. That should be very exciting. She's got a lot of stuff planned there. But in the meantime, we are packed to this hour with all kinds of crazy, crazy stories. I mean, things we just couldn't possibly make up because that's how life is nowadays. Way, way stranger than, than fiction. Well, we would love to hear from you tonight. The number is 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. We'd love to talk to you about any of this stuff. And I'm just going to start throwing it out there because, I mean, I got like, you know, like 10 items in front of me. Um, first of all, I, we can start with the most infuriating at first. And this is something I want to really make a theme tonight. And that is the state of the Republican Party. I mean, we're going into an election next year. And I'm going to write a piece about this. Please remind me, you know, make sure I write this thing, follow through. But the bottom line here is, We've got an election next year that Republicans are most likely, uh, barring some weirdness that I, I can't even imagine right now, going to sweep that election. Even with all the cheating that we expect, we are looking at a once in a generation or once in a century uh, election blowout because the Democrats have been screwing up so badly. All the Republicans really have to do is just sit back and not screw up. Right. That's what the party thinks. So the problem with that is the GOP leadership is just sitting back and twiddling their thumbs and waiting till next November, and they're not doing anything. But it's even worse than that, because uh, you have the party leadership that is the same entrenched establishment rhinos that have been running things for decades. We've been stuck with the same people for longer than uh, you know anybody can count. We're stuck with the Romneyites. Uh, we're stuck with the Paul Ryan leftovers. We're stuck with uh, Kevin McCarthy, who I just do not think is a leader much at all. I, I don't understand the fawning over him at Fox. I don't understand that. Uh, I don't understand why he's in a position of leadership. But we're also still stuck with Mitch McConnell. I know some people say, yes, he's a shrewd negotiator in the Senate. I understand that sometimes, but overall, um, we've needed to get rid of that guy for 20 years at least. So that's the state of things. No appetite for reform. Um, no indication that, hey, we're going to put an agenda for it for next year. Full of appealing things that, you know, matter to you, the working American who is really struggling and looking at empty store shelves and prices going through the roof and everything else. You know, being in touch, getting outside of the Beltway, getting outside of D.C., and figuring out what Americans actually care about, getting in touch. And that's not happening. So we really do have a uniparty in Washington, and that uniparty has no interest 
and tapping into the sentiment out there. It just feels that it can rule over all of us. Uh, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. That's their attitude. So the reason why I'm bringing all this up, not just because I was already upset about it before I saw this article, but if you go to Newsmax, 80 House Republicans helped fund a federal vaccine database. 80 House Republicans. So 80 House Republicans sided with Democrats to provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund an immunization system, data modernization and expansion. Well, what does that gobbledygook stand for? What does that mean? Well, what you're talking about is a database to see who isn't vaccinated. That's what this is. $400 million to develop a database, which I'm sure some crony company in Silicon Valley will get that contract to create that. And they'll be tracking the naysayers, tracking the dissidents, you know, tracking those of you who resist their demands. And that's the bottom line. 80, not eight House Republicans, not 18 House Republicans, 80. Uh, to me, if, if we have 80 House members who are that out of touch, we had 130 Republicans who correctly voted no on this uh, insanity. And so Rep- Representative Mary Miller, Republican of Illinois, she was one of the 130 Republicans who voted no. She said that the legislation would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans. These systems are designed to allow for the sharing of crucial information and maintenance of records. Do we really trust the government to protect our medical records? She said. Uh, so, look, so there's millions for, for blue states and everybody else to enforce vaccine mandates. I mean, these are things that Republicans in large numbers are supporting. What percentage of the Republican voting base, the GOP base, do you think? supports a bill like this. If you took a poll right now of Republicans across the country, any corner of America right now, what percentage do you think would support a bill like that? I, I can tell you, I could just guess, probably be 10%, 15% support for something like that. And yet, 80 House Republicans found it a safe way to vote. They felt that they could do that without raising the ire of their constituents. So what's broken here? The system's broken. Washington's broken. Uh, maybe the people have given up hounding their, their members of Congress because they just don't think they will listen, and it's true they don't. Uh, Republicans just sit here and say, well, I don't see anybody that can beat me in a primary next year, so I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. But otherwise, I don't know how else you excuse something like this. I mean, the wholesale purchase of Washington, D.C. by Big Pharma is one of the greatest disgraces in modern American history. I mean, we have basically seen Washington bought and paid for by one lobbying group after another. And, you know, really for a while, it seemed like Silicon Valley was running everything. And then Big Pharma stepped in and said, no, 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 no. You guys are rank amateurs in the lobbying business. We, we wrote the book on buying off Congress. And they did. And everybody knows it. But the, the degree to which even the, the entire world uh, seems to be following suit, it's like Big Pharma purchased the whole world by purchasing Washington because you see foreign governments doing the same thing and, and getting even crazier than we are. Like in the Northern Territory of Australia, where they have these camps where they're stashing people for two weeks at a time who don't even have COVID, but were around 
someone suspected to have COVID and they send you to a, basically a concentration camp and three teenagers escaped from it the other day. Uh, and, and they had to go round them up and find them. So that's the reality where that isn't even a science fiction movie. That isn't something that Hollywood cooked up. That's what's actually going on on the earth that we live on right now. Could you have imagined that six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, could you have imagined that coming in our immediate future in this world? And you know, if they're doing it there, it's coming here and everywhere else right afterwards. 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Brian Maloney filling in for Andrea K tonight on The Answer San Diego. And we're going to be getting into a lot of other stuff coming up, by the way. A lot of what I'm going to talk about is the weird media pile-on. And I say weird because you have to sit back and ask yourself why the media is piling on against Kamala Harris. Doesn't that seem strange to you? What is, why is a media that you would ordinarily expect to be fawning all over Kamala Harris, as they were early in the year, now seem to be piling on, uh, almost, almost coming right out and saying that she should be replaced? So we're going to delve into that because some of the news coverage and some of the places where it's coming from, pretty strange. Even CNN is piling on. Now, when they're doing that, they take their talking points right from the, from the DNC. So if, if you see things like this at CNN, there's something going on behind the scenes here. There's more to the story. So we'll talk about that. Also, coming up later, Alec Baldwin said... Alec Baldwin says he didn't pull the trigger and supposedly a cast, not a cast mate, a crew member on that film says, yeah, yeah, he didn't pull the trigger. This comes out uh, like a month later. Really? Where, where was that a month ago? Uh, all in time for this ABC interview to come on where essentially, you know, Alec tells his side of the story and it's all backed up by, the revisionist history that they've created now to make Alec look like a saint in all of this. Remember that a woman was killed and the gun apparently fired itself. So we're going to talk about some of the latest updates on that because that has really stuck in the news through the day because I think that assertion just blows people's minds, really. Also, the Department of Justice refuses to prosecute CIA staffers involved with child porn. I mean, I'll tell you, it pays to, it pays to be in, France, uh, in Washington, doesn't it? I mean, the benefits are amazing. And this particular scandal, these CIA staffers, this has been swept under the rug. And it's not just a few people. It's a lot of people inside there and apparently in other federal agencies as well. So look what you can get away with when you're a Fed. So we have a system that is in two parts. If you are in the system, if you are in in D.C., you know, if you were part of it, part of the establishment, the rules don't apply to you. The rest of us, the rules either apply to you or they don't, depending on, you know, who you are, your background, whatever. Right. We know all that. So that all comes down to you, you don't even need me to go there. You know what I'm getting at. So uh, so that is <laughs> sometimes the news cycle is just exhausting here. It really is. Um, and it just leaves you wondering. So the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services have suspended the vaccine mandate enforcement requirement. This is from the EPIC or EPOC 
whatever. I always say epoch, but apparently it's epic uh, times. It's just a, they do a lot of great things there if you're not reading that regularly. Anyway, so this, you know, the feds are only suspending enforcement of the vaccine mandate because courts keep ruling against them. This is not what they want to do. They're furious about this. But the bottom line, and this applies to all states right now in this particular situation. So federal centers for Medicare and Medicaid services suspending that enforcement of the vaccine mandate in all states and, and American territories. So some Republicans have been praising this ruling and decision uh and you know few have been and and then most republicans like i was alert alluding to a few minutes ago are completely silent they're completely silent on the issues that matter to us most going into an election year what is wrong with this picture so i'd love to hear from you here on the andrea k show with brian maloney filling in tonight on the answer san diego the number is 888-344-1170 if you'd like to join us would love to talk to you and get your take on this 888-344-1170 and all of that and more coming up as we continue on the answer san diego get more from the andrea k show at ourfreenation.org just search andrea k spelled k-a-y-e you're listening to somebody who tells it like it is Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. All right, so this situation in Australia, we need to follow it closely because this is what's headed here. Uh, it's totally out of control. This is The Andrea Kay Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. 888-344-1170. That's 888 Andrea, back tomorrow night, she'll be broadcasting live from Atlanta with a whole bunch of stuff she's got planned. So that should be very, very exciting to have her tomorrow night. But it's a pleasure to fill in for her tonight. So this is at the OAN, uh, One American News website. So an Australian man has been arrested after a large-scale manhunt ensued following his escape from a quarantine camp. So this is what's going on in the Northern Territory of Australia. They have set up these mysterious quarantine camps, uh, large-scale camps. And it's really hard to understand what gets somebody sent there other than apparently being near or supposedly in contact with someone who has COVID. They are routinely sending people to the camp who test negative for COVID. Oh, I had not heard about that. I had only heard about the positive sendings. No, it, these people are testing negative. Oh, so wow. The, now, yeah, so, so they have arrested. It looks like four arrests, so there have been four escapes so far. So today they found a 27-year-old man who had escaped from the camp uh, after testing negative for the virus. So he escaped last Friday. He jumped the fence and went to the city of Darwin before being arrested. This comes just by posing no risk of COVID spread. Now, we had previously heard about the three teenagers who had escaped from the camp. They had also tested negative for the virus. These people don't even have COVID. They're being sent to these camps in Australia. And I know, Brian, what some people are thinking, they're like, well, this doesn't affect me. I'm here in America. Pay very close attention because I believe if the bureaucrats can get it over here, they will absolutely try to do so. Well, absolutely. And the next camp will be built in the California desert, you know, and and there you go. And, you know, you're off off there to some 
place you didn't know existed, even though it's 50 miles away or whatever. And the bottom line here is that it'll feel like you're on another planet because that's what these people are saying. Uh, one person who was detained there previously, Haley Hodgson, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. It's inhumane what they're doing. As I said, you're in a box. Your mind's just going. You feel like you've done something wrong when you have it. So they're just keeping them in these little uh, boxes, basically, for two weeks. And they, these people haven't done anything. And like I said, they don't even have COVID. So is this just a pretext for mass incarceration of citizens based on the uh, weakest of reasons imaginable? You know, we saw that you were in a restaurant when somebody three tables over tested positive. So now you're off to a camp for two weeks. Have fun. You know, camp where there's nothing to do. You can just sit there and stare at the walls. Like solitary confinement. You're not there to chat up anybody else. Uh, you're there to sit in your little box for two weeks while they test you every day. And even though you're testing negative, 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 you still have to sit there for two weeks. Would you like that in your future here in America? The thing is, what I wonder about is, at what point do the American people say they've had enough and fight back? Because so far, what we've seen is we see protests going on all over the world against vaccine passports and mandates. Uh, we see people consistently fighting back around the world, but not in this country, not too much here. Why is that? Why are we the ones not rising up against all of this? Do we have to wait until these camps are built here? Uh, and then it's too late. 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170 on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. And just we are so packed with stuff here that um, so the state of Oklahoma has sued Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin for their vaccine mandate on the state's National Guard today. They filed this suit today. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt and Republican Attorney General John O'Connor sued the, uh, the president and the defense secretary requesting relief. This is from Newsmax, by the way, just hit a few minutes ago. Uh, request relief against the vaccine mandate it deems unconstitutional and asked to enjoin the federal government from enforcing the mandate against the state's National Guard forces. It asks to keep the federal government from withholding funding from the Oklahoma National Guard or its members. So this is what this is what the federal government is doing. They're saying unless you enforce our vaccine mandate on your state's National Guard troops, uh, if you don't, we'll cut off your funding. You know, we'll zero you out, uh, and then your troops can go without pay, and you won't have any money for facilities or anything else, any of your operations. So that's how they're doing this. So that's why we've got one state suing so far, but uh, Oklahoma Attorney General John O'Connor joined 20 other state attorneys general who wrote Biden last week to challenge the mandatory vaccination requirement for federal contractors put in place in August. So the bottom line here is hopefully other states will join. The deadline for the, the suit, the deadline for Air National Guard and Air Force Reserve was Thursday, meaning today for the, the shot, for the jabs, uh, while the Army set a June 30th deadline. And Nick, that's a long, that's way down the line, deadline for its reserve and guard members. That's really interesting. 
interesting discrepancy. But this really is about the federal government telling states what to do. I mean, you know, the Oklahoma National Guard or that of any other state is it's a state, uh, you know, it's a state force. So it'll be real interesting to see where this goes. But, you know, the bottom line is we've been watching these court decisions come in so far and and they seem every single one of them seems to go against the federal government. Have you noticed the pattern there? Every one of them seems to find this to be an overreach of what the feds are entitled to do. So if we get that again here, that would be nice. I'm not going to hold my breath, but you never know. So coming up also, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the weird media piling on uh, against Kamala Harris. And I call it weird because it's coming from places where you wouldn't expect it. It's coming from usual left-wing media outlets. And when they're doing it, you have to ask why. What is their agenda? What are they up to? What's going on inside Kamala Harris's office. Why does it seem like there's something more to this story that we're not being told? A lot more, a lot more. Something is really going wrong in there. Uh, and they seem to be trying to do, they're just trying to do something here to uh, stem the bleeding. I mean, I think there's just too, there's something that, that they see even more than we do where they feel the need to replace her. And that tells you something. We'll also talk more about Alec Baldwin saying he didn't pull the trigger for an ABC News interview, which it just sounds to me like such a typical approach to taking non-responsibility for your Of course, because, Brian, the gun fired itself. Well, the gun fired itself, but the thing is, he's got a crew member who is supposedly backing him up, an assistant, uh, but what I'm saying is, where was this a month ago? You know, where was this argument? Why is this only coming out now? If he didn't pull the trigger, don't you think he would have been screaming that from the first minute that this thing occurred? You it know, should have been. Oh, yeah. He didn't, he didn't. We didn't hear this argument from him until last night. I mean, we didn't hear this till within the last 24 hours. So it seems to me that they have decided to create an entirely new narrative. Uh, and that, you know, so we're going to get into that more. 888-344-1170. Uh, here on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in. Just for tonight, Andrea back tomorrow on The Answer San Diego. Get more from The Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. So get this. Chris Cuomo gets suspended from CNN. By the way, if you think he's gone forever from CNN, uh, you, haven't, you haven't seen what happened to Jeffrey Toothin, right? Uh, because that guy came back. If they brought that guy back, uh, they'll probably, you know, they'll, they'll just sneak Chris back into the schedule in a few months. He probably won't have the same show. He'll be on there somewhere. It's the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight with Andrea back tomorrow here on The Answer San Diego. And you are welcome to phone us at 888-344-1170. So, yeah, so get this. So Chris Cuomo gets suspended and the ratings on CNN <laughs> finally immediately go up the next night. Uh, the ratings at CNN lately have been absolutely tiny. Um, they have been absolutely dismal uh, to the point where a lot of the 
channel schedule is is being uh, probably revamped soon. I think a lot of these nighttime talk shows are going to be on their way out. So that's the, so that's the story here. So get this: this is from the New York Post today. The anemic ratings for Chris Cuomo's CNN show shot up after he disappeared on suspension. The total number of Cuomo primetime viewers spiked to 897,000 on Tuesday night when Anderson Cooper filled in for the missing host, according to Nielsen TV ratings data posted online by Adweek's TV news or website. That figure was up nearly 19% from Monday when Cuomo attracted just 754 pairs of eyeballs. So, I mean, this is the bottom line here. The numbers, of course, are small. When you think about the fact that these guys are paid, you know, six, ten, twelve million dollars a year to deliver an audience that's less than a million people a night, now you think maybe these people are overpaid? And if these people weren't reliably on the left, would they ever have a contract like that in the first place? I know Rachel Maddow recently signed, I think she makes six million a year now uh, on MSNBC. The ratings there have also fallen, not as badly as CNN. CNN is just in, in terrible, terrible shape. MSNBC is in bad shape, but CNN is just, you might as well pull the plug. But Rachel Maddow not only makes $6 million a year to spread conspiracy theories, I mean, she's also just saying she doesn't think she's going to do the show much longer. I mean, she's just ready to bail out. She's just, you know, so... I, Whatever. These people, the rules, you know, they've got, they've got great deals. It pays to be a reliable liberal, doesn't it? Uh, when you work in the media, the entertainment business, political life, higher education, you name it, it pays to conform. It doesn't pay to do what you and I do, what we do every single day, and that is question all of this. And that is wonder how we sunk so low and wonder how this country could be moving in this direction. But you know what? We have, we have standards. We have principles, don't we? Uh, and that's what makes us different. We're the ones who question authority. Remember those bumper stickers? I mean, I was a kid growing up, every VW bus going by question authority. And now the same people that drove those VW buses now drive SUVs saying, you know, do what you're told. You know, obey the government. Isn't that interesting? They used to protest. They used to riot uh, in opposition to the FBI and CIA and the federal government. Now they love the FBI. They love it because it's become a partisan enforcement tool that does what they want, they, that does what the Democratic Party wants. 888-344-1170 here on the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in. And, oh, boy, how am I going to get all this stuff in here? But you know what? I still want to hear from you anyway. But I'm just looking at this like, do I really only have an hour here? So we've been talking about Alec Baldwin today saying that uh, in this ABC interview that he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't pull the trigger. Somehow that gun fired itself. So on Twitter, there is an account that was set up a week ago called the Maxwell Trial Tracker. So this account is nothing but tweet updates on the Maxwell trial that has been going on. I hope you've been paying attention to it because media outlets are mostly silent on this trial because, well, you know why, right? They're silent on this trial because of all of the people who are in his black book, who were in, who were in 
that man's black book. And that's why this woman is, you know, that's what's coming out in this woman's trial. So you're talking about Epstein's black book and details on that are coming out. But the reason why I bring it up in the context of Alec Baldwin saying his gun fired itself is that a tweet that uh, occurred just about 20 minutes ago, Alec Baldwin is confirmed as present in Jeffrey Epstein's black book. So I didn't remember hearing about that before, did you? I mean, the names that are popping up now, a lot of the names have been redacted. Unfortunately, there are a lot of marks on the page that do protect certain people. And yet, on the other hand, there are some names that appear. So we're going to continue to look at everything about that because, I mean, the more you look at this, you know, uh, the only thing the media has been interested in regarding this trial so far is the fact that, and they were thrilled to twist this completely into a, a completely dishonest spin. And that was to say, but look, 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 Trump was on his plane. Trump was on Epstein's plane. Yes, once in the 90s, uh, he caught a ride with Epstein from, from Florida to, to New York once uh, and, and wasn't on the island. And after that, barred Epstein from Mar-a-Lago because Epstein was trying to recruit one of his staffers uh, to be one of his whatevers. So that he was, you know, he got caught doing that. Uh, and then Trump barred him for, uh, for life from Mar-a-Lago and never had a thing to do with him again. And we've known this for years. Uh, there's nothing new about any of that. That's been out there. That was, they tried to throw that against him four or five years ago. So they recycle all this stuff now as though it's a new story, figuring you'll, you would have forgotten about it when it came out before. And that's how the media works. Typical media slime ball stuff here. 888-344-1170 here on the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in on the answer San Diego tonight with Andrea back tomorrow. Uh, and any of these things you want to jump into feel just feel free because I'm just throwing I'm just trying to get it into the hour, but I still want to hear from you. Um, but the bottom line here is there's something really, really strange going on. In the nature of the news coverage this week regarding Kamala Harris, and I've been teasing this kind of the whole hour for a reason. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have media outlets that are not part of the media cabal, i.e. conservative-leaning media outlets, question how things are going for Kamala Harris. It's another to have media outlets that are traditionally extremely friendly to all Democrats, especially Kamala Harris, also kind of pose the same questions that the conservative media outlets. I mean, when everyone's on the same page, then you know we're, we're in a kind of a twilight zone because that doesn't happen very often. But then you have to wonder why is that being allowed to happen? CNN basically delivers DNC talking points night after night. That's what they do. They're fed straight to them. That isn't even just speculation. We know that happens. We know. We know that happens to MSNBC every night as well. These people have a direct line to the studios at CNN and MSNBC. They feed them the talking points for the night, and the hosts disseminate those on the air. So we have CNN's Chris Saliza, uh, CNN editor at large, one of those you know, talking whatever's on CNN, 
with a headline. That, and the reason why I bring this up is because it is remarkably similar to an opinion piece by Kyle Smith at the New York Post this afternoon. Um, and that's what's odd. Kyle Smith is generally somewhat conservative. And the New York Post leans that way as well. CNN obviously does not, certainly not Chris Saliza. He's one of those uh, beltway hacks that just writes what he's told to write. So what the headline there on CNN is, what the heck is going on with Kamala Harris? That's the CNN headline. What the heck is going on with Kamala Harris? In the space of the last two weeks, Vice President Kamala Harris has lost two of her senior aides. Uh, and this was unusual because these were considered to be people that were very loyal to Kamala Harris. And that's the problem. And that's why CNN's questioning this. Top advisors, he writes, to a vice president don't just randomly leave less than a year into a term. One departure might be explained away by extenuating circumstances. Two, no way. And you know there have been other staff departures in there, too. So this is really interesting. So here's, here's Saliza also saying, staff departures at such a senior level this soon into a term would provoke questions no matter who was in the vice president's office because, well, they are odd and not typical. So again, what is going on? One out, and this is what uh, he quotes, he quotes his CNN colleagues, again, people who always write and do what they're told. They say, these two people, Edward Isaac Dover Ray, whatever, and Jasmine Wright of CNN, worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus, key West Wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, deciding there simply isn't time to deal with them right now, especially at a moment when President Joe Biden faces quickly multiplying legislative and political concerns. And then it goes on and on. That exasperation runs both ways, blah, blah, blah. Uh, nobody can, you know, figure out what's going on there. So in a minute, I'm going to get into, because the New York Post, Kyle Smith, he explains what this is really all about. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Well, let's hear from you, 888-344-1170, with a lot more to pack into the rest of this hour here on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney on The Answer San Diego. Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Is anyone buying this ridiculous Kamala and Pete show? That's the headline. In this column by Kyle Smith at the New York Post, and I've been talking about how similar the coverage is between supposed right-leaning journalists or writers, whatever, commentators, and places like CNN that don't normally cover things this way. And that is what you see written about Kamala Harris and reported about Kamala Harris is almost uniformly negative across the political spectrum right now. We've been delving into why that's the case. It's the Andrea K Show with Brian Mooney filling in on the answer. San Diego, 888-344-1170 for our final minute, final segment here. But so Kyle Smith is in the New York Post today. He delves into what's going on. 
Did you see that hug between Wonder Boy President and Waiting Pete? Now, I won't even try to pronounce his last name because I'll never get it right. You know, you know his name or whatever. You know how it's spelled. I don't know if you know how to say it. But, uh, and back off, little man, I'm boss lady of this house, Kamala Harris. So we've got Wonder Boy President and Waiting Pete. And back off, little man, I'm boss lady of this house, Kamala Harris. It's a very interesting way to describe both of them as Kyle Smith does here. Um, so that I've seen leprous porcupines get closer together for a hug. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's, that's exactly right. They managed to hug while looking like they wished they were in two different time zones, just as their political fortunes are going in completely different directions. So Pete is conducting this apparently ruthless campaign to become the next president by replacing Kamala Harris and then watching as Joe is wheeled off to the, you know, old president's home or the old whatever regime, you know, the regime resort for uh, retired, uh, whatever you want to call them. But so this is, so this is the thing. So, so Pete sees a path for himself to the presidency and he's got a certain number of people who, who will scream on his behalf. Remember who this guy is, Right. So he was the mayor of, of what, South Bend, Indiana, and not a particularly popular mayor there. And his support when he ran for president, by the way, is made up of like 100% white liberals. I mean, if you pull Democrats who are African-American, uh, Latino, anyone else, Asian, there's almost no support for Pete from any of those groups. It's entirely the white liberal scolds, the ones with the bumper stickers driving around that you see all the time with their fingers wagging at you because you're not doing this, they're not doing that, uh, or you're eating meat instead of bugs, or whatever it is you're doing that they don't like, they want to impose on you. That's the Pete, that's the Pete crowd. Now, Kamala Harris, you know, I mean, we saw Kamala Harris. She was the first one to drop out of the Democratic primaries because she was going to be clobbered in California. And she was going to be clobbered in Iowa. She wasn't likable. Yeah. What's that? I said she wasn't likable. She got traction with nobody. Well, and that's the thing. So we already knew that Kamala wasn't likable. But what we've seen since she took office as vice president, this is what I think is changing here. There's something about her behavior behind the scenes that is alarming to people on her side of the fence. There's something, you know, we see her weird behavior in public. She just doesn't seem to be able to. And remember, she had this history as attorney general. She had this history in, in Sacramento of, of turning through staff the same way she now is in Washington. So this is no, uh, you know, no surprise to Californians. Uh, but the bottom line here, they're seeing something going on in her behind the scenes that makes them want to replace her. So whatever the behavior is, it, it's obviously something they don't want us to see. And I shudder to think how close, I mean, she is truly a heartbeat away from the presidency because we have a supposed president who is completely incapable of doing anything. I mean, he, he screwed up on, on Israel today. Uh, I wasn't even going to have a chance to get to that, but, but I'm even surprised he's lasted this long, Brian. I, I, you know what? And Kamala, she thought she was going to be president within two weeks. I mean, she, she was just sitting there like, why am I not president yet? Um, and you know, she didn't expect Biden to stick around more than a month or two. He really, I mean, now he's talking about running for reelection. I think there's no way. 
There's no way. So this, this Biden says he went to Israel during the six-day war to act as a liaison. Uh, this is from Arthur Schwartz on Twitter. He's lying, and I, I watched the video. He does say this. Um, that never happened. So Biden was uh, in college at the time. Um, so that, that could not have happened. So uh, this is just another one. And we get these every day. Every time Biden opens his mouth, it's another one of these stories that where either has key details uh, incorrect or the whole or it's made up out of whole cloth. And this one is somewhere in the middle. He has he has met with Israeli leaders over the years as U.S. senator, but not during the six day war. He wasn't in the U.S. Senate for a number of years, four, five, six years after that. So, um, so not even, not even close there. So some people are saying maybe he's talking about the Yom Kippur war. I think, I think that is what he's talking about, but I mean, again, he can't keep one thing from another straight. So the bottom line here is watch this Pete character, you know, the one who took the three months, uh, paternity leave or whatever, and didn't tell anybody, um, and he wants to be president now. I, you know, ask him, is, is the paternity leave over? Um, you know, and, and when you become president, will you take another one of those? You know, will you disappear for three more months? You know, so, I mean, but believe me, there are maneuverings going on here. Democrats smell blood in the water. They see that Biden is not long for this world. And they see that there is a lot of jockeying going on to replace him. And they don't see Kamala as a person who is strong enough to move into that role. And they also see an opening where they can get, get her out of there. So that's what they're obviously trying to do uh, in this situation. So very, very fascinating stuff here uh, going on. I was just going to say, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Cause I don't think anybody can predict what's next. Well, no, because you know, okay. So let's just say in January, you and I, someone had told us, okay, so, Biden will still be president in December this year. You and I would have laughed. You know, I didn't even laughed. give him half the year, Brian. I, I, I thought May. I really thought May uh, at the most. I figured you give him two, three months and he's gone. I don't even know what holds him in place at this point. I mean, I, it, it just there's no way he runs for reelection. I mean, it's just they can't possibly believe that anyone would take that seriously whatsoever you know what's funny is they real quick i know we're almost out of time here but they tried to do the whole 25th amendment thing talk with trump in his final days oh now might be the time to do that with joe he this guy can't stand yeah no that and that's exactly right so i think the next few months are going to be really really interesting as the sharks circle around the water here this has been the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in on the Answer San Diego. Andrea's back tomorrow night broadcasting live from Atlanta with a whole bunch of exciting stuff in store. So don't miss that tomorrow. It's been a pleasure being with you once again here. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Purchase your copy of Facing Reality in American Education today at Amazon.com. If you want compelling content and in-depth conversation concerning the needs of San Diego and its residents, don't miss Change the Conversation with me, Andrew Gate, local business owner and investor. 
I'll bring you my passion for a prosperous San Diego as we learn ways to create a new vision for our future, a future that understands and represents the needs of this great city and its residents. Learn more at andrewgade.com and don't miss Change the Conversation, Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. on The Answer San Diego. KCBQ San Diego, k 241 FM 96.1, North County, and AM 1170, San Diego. The Answer. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Jason Walker. America's defense chief rebuking China, vowing to confront its potential military threats in Asia, and mourning that its pursuit of hypersonic weapons intended to evade U.S. missile defenses, quote, increases tensions throughout the region. We have concerns about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue. And the pursuit of those capabilities increases, increases tensions in the region. And we- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.